Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. But I look forward to chatting with you online, but I'm really looking forward to getting into God's Word. And if you haven't yet opened up your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, please do so because uh, that scripture that Ian read, I'm going to refer to it again in just a moment because it is a classic Christmas scripture. And that scripture is something to rejoice about. I mean, the, the, the prophecy that was given there, that prophecy was given like, 2,750 years ago. And it was about Jesus coming on the scene. And it talked about this God child that was going to be born and, and then, then he's going to rule. He's going to reign and he's going to reign in righteousness and he's going to reign in justice and he's going to reign in peace. And, and I'll just be really clear with you. <laughs> there has never been any leader, any ruler who has ever accomplished this in all of history, and there never will be. Trust me, there is none right now. I think we all know that. And there is none that will be able to do this in the future until Jesus Christ takes the throne and he is established as the king of kings of this earth. And I'm telling you guys, that's, that, that's something that's going to happen. And every man, every woman, every boy, every girl who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who is, who is doing the works of God, they are going to be with him. You're going to be experiencing this along with those who have already passed away, who've, who have, uh, their, their physical lives have already expired. They're going to be in eternity as well enjoying this perfect kingdom and my goodness I can't wait for that you know you know the the the, this is this all kind of starts and takes off with something that's called the second coming of Jesus now with Christmas we celebrated Jesus first coming and the second coming actually wraps everything up and in fact that scripture that we just read it actually says that now the title today's message is this it is rejoice Jesus is coming. So if you're, I encourage you to take some notes, write some things down, because I think God will speak to you, speak to your heart regarding specific things that you're going through right now, and God's going to give you revelation, God's going to give you clarity. Now, now as, as I said rejoice, you might have just said, how in the world can I rejoice? I just don't feel very happy right now. Uh, there's a lot of things going wrong in the world. I mean, there, there's inflation, and there, there's, there's conflict, and there's loneliness, and heartache, and there, there's pain, and sickness sickness and disease. How can I be happy? Well, I didn't say be happy. I said rejoice. I said nothing about being happy. Now, rejoicing and being happy are actually two very different things. Now, I, I like to be happy. I'm not putting down being happy. Being happy is a good thing. I like to be happy. I love it when we sing happy birthday and we blow out the candles and we have a good time. I've done that with my children for years and we still do it. It's, it just makes you smile and happiness is good. Happiness is, is based upon positive experiences and, and it's, it's about positive events and pleasant times. But the truth is happiness fades. In fact, happiness always fades, and it's, it's never 
deeply satisfying. One of the biggest challenges in our culture is that we lean in toward happiness because it does make us feel good, but it never is satisfying. It doesn't finish it off. So I'm talking about rejoicing today, and and there are really two words that I'm going to be using kind of interchangeably. It's the word joy and the word rejoice. And really, when I look at the Greek language, the language that the New Testament was written in, those are basically the same word. It's just one is a little different than the other, meaning that joy is a noun. It's something that you possess. I possess joy. And rejoice is actually how you use that noun. You rejoice. So it's really the same word, basically. And so Today I'm going to be use those two words interchangeably. So when I say rejoice, when I talk about joy, I'm talking about the same thing. Now, uh, now, th- this this whole issue of joy versus happiness has caused a lot of confusion, and and I just want to clear some of that up right up front. I want to get it kind of cleared up because our faith is about joy. Our faith in Christ, Christianity, is about joy. It's about rejoicing. It's not about happiness. Now. I'm going to be putting up some little, uh, some little things here on the screen. In fact, I won't actually be putting them there. Somebody else will be putting them there. But I want you to look at some of these statements and jot some down. Because here's the first one. Joy is not happiness. See, happiness is a mood, and it's a mood based upon circumstances. Like, I'm happy because at Christmas I got a gift I wanted. In fact, you know, that's, that's something that will make us happy. And we enjoy those gifts. But you enjoy those gifts and you're having happiness with that gift or those gifts until it breaks. And then you're not happy anymore. Or until you get bored with it and then it's like, okay, I'm done with that. Maybe you're happy at Christmas because you got to be around family. But when the family leaves, there's no more happiness. The happiness fades. Maybe you were happy at Christmas because of all the food and and all of the activities, but now it's all gone. You ate it all up, and you're bigger than you were before, and you're not happy anymore. You understand what I'm saying? In fact, some of you, you're going through a tough time because Christmas was not at all happy. There was no happiness at Christmas because you faced one issue after another, after another, one downer after another, after another. But understand, Christmas is a holiday that has everything to do with our faith, and Christmas is not based upon happiness. It's joy, and it's rejoicing. Now, joy is an attitude. It's an attitude, but it's an attitude of hope that's rooted in the past and looking to the future. I'll say that again. That's really important. Joy is an attitude of hope that's rooted in the past and looking for the future. Now, a quick little illustration of this today is the day after Christmas, and we have hope <laughs> rooted in the past. So, what did we celebrate yesterday? If you celebrated on Christmas Day, well, you celebrated the first time that Jesus came when he came as a baby. But here's the interesting thing he came as it was prophesied. So a prophecies went out all through the Old Testament that Jesus was going to arrive. He was going to arrive as this baby and he was going to come on the scene. And those prophecies came true. So when Jesus was born, that was, some, that was the biggest proof that the Old Testament, everything that was in the Old Testament is true. So, but at this point, the arrival of Jesus, baby Jesus, that's in the past. So here's one thing we do know. We do know the Bible is true. And so our joy is rooted in 
what's happened in the past. Jesus Christ came. And we celebrate the past at Christmas, which is a good thing. It's a right thing because Jesus came. And our joy is not just rooted in the past, though. Our joy is looking to the future. We rejoice because it is also prophesied, I like this, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, that something is going to happen in the future. See, Jesus is going to come a second time. Jesus will come again. So to rejoice, to to understand that word rejoice, that means that we're going to live with joyful expectation in our future hope. Jesus will come a second time. And he's going to establish this kingdom. He's going to establish it right here on this earth. So what we do as Christians is we rejoice regardless of what's going on. We rejoice because there's this deep-seated, joy-filled expectation for the future, and it's not based upon our circumstances. Uh, Let's be honest. I'm not here to say life is peachy and perfect and wonderful because it's not. Life is difficult. You know that. I know that. And life can hit valleys and high points, and sometimes the valleys just seem to go lower and lower and lower, and they're difficult times. But Jesus never said that life was going to be easy. He didn't. In fact, after this Christmas holiday, um, some of you, you're facing some very difficult realities, and you know you're facing them. In fact, here over the next few days and weeks, some of you may hit some very challenging times. I don't know what they are, but you may hit some things that are just downright difficult, where happiness isn't going to be there. So what are you going to do? Is that going to shipwreck your faith? I mean, after the holiday decorations are down, after the food has all been eaten, the happiness is going to fade. And of course, some of you did have that dull, dry, terrible Christmas. There was no happiness there. And so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, God has prepared us already for this. In fact, Jesus said these words in John chapter 14, verse 33. He said this. Listen, this is good. In this world... You will have trouble. That's in the Bible right there. In this world, you're going to have trouble. It's not going to go the way you want it to go all the time. But, I like this. He uses that word but. He says, but take heart. And that that word take heart, that means means cheer up, rejoice, be glad. Not not happy, but rejoice and cheer up. Because I've overcome the world, which means there's something in the future that's going to turn out good for you. So you always have something good to look forward to that's out there. It's whatever situation you're in or you might be in over the next few days or weeks or months, it does not spell total misery for your life. You can rejoice in the middle of all of that. Do you see, what that scripture means is that there will be temporal troubles in this life, but The truth is, troubles are temporary. They are all temporary. They're not going to last. But eternity is forever. Eternity is what we as Christians set our eyes upon. So joy isn't defined uh, by our struggles. But joy is defined by our future hope. So we rejoice in hope. There's this Christmas tradition, and it's called Advent. 
And a lot of uh, traditional denominations celebrate Advent, and I like to personally celebrate Advent as well. But, but Advent, let me explain to you a little bit about what it's about. This thing started about, oh, about, four, about the 4th century. So this isn't part of something that's in the New Testament, so it's not required that we celebrate Advent. It's kind of just one of those Christmas, uh, Christian uh, Christmas traditions. And, and what happens is four Sundays prior to Christmas, we begin celebrating Advent, and it goes all the way up to Christmas Eve. And, and historically, what Christians have done, they've taken this time to repent and to look forward to Jesus, and not just for Jesus coming as a baby in a manger, because it's already happened, but Advent is all about looking forward to Jesus when he comes the second time. That's why I love Advent, because Advent is something I think that we as believers need to get back into our calendars, and we can begin to celebrate, because this, this season uh, of these, these weeks and these days prior to Christmas, it's all about heart searching. It's about repentance. It's about celebrating Jesus. In fact, some of the ancient symbols of, of Advent, they would put up the Greek symbols Alpha and Omega because Jesus said in Revelation chapter 1 verse 8, he said, I am the Alpha and Omega. What does that mean? He, he says it very clearly in Revelation 1 8. He says, I am the one who was, who is, and is to come. Really, an authentic celebration of Christmas is a celebration of Jesus and his second coming. So Christmas Christmas is a celebration, naturally, of Jesus' first coming, but today, today, we're just going to haul off and celebrate Jesus' second coming. How about that? I think that's the right thing to do. See, we rejoice today because we have hope, and that hope is rooted in the past, which was Jesus' first coming, and we have joyful expectation of Jesus' second coming, and the two are inseparable. Now, I say they're inseparable because we've got to go right back to the scriptures. Isaiah chapter number six, chapter number nine, verse six. I want you to look at this in your Bibles. Isaiah nine, six. Now you're going to see how it's inseparable. The two, Jesus' first coming and his, they are inseparable. In fact, this is not the only location this is in the scriptures. It's all over the place, but this is the one I'm focusing on today. Look, it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Pause right there. That is talking about the first coming of Jesus. And in your Bibles, you probably have a little comma right there. And between that comma and the next word, there are literally thousands of years. And we know at this point there's at least uh, about 2,740 years right there that's between those two because there's, an, there's something new that's going to be established because he came the first time. He goes on and starts talking about what's going to happen. Well, and this is what we rejoice about. We, yeah, sure we rejoice that Jesus came as a baby, but here's the big thing we rejoice about. Look at this. And the government will be on his shoulders. Thank God we could have some righteousness in government. How about that? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, I like that. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. My friend, that's talking about eternity. That's talking about something Jesus Christ is going to be setting up on this world, and we're going to be enjoying it. It says he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on 
and forever. And it says, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. In, in other words, God is so excited about this, he's not going to let anything stand in the way. He's going to make sure this happens. See, God is setting something up for you and for me and for anyone who wants to participate in it that will blow your mind that is far beyond your ability to comprehend or understand. That's why we can rejoice. We have joy-filled expectation because we're going to be meeting Jesus Christ face-to-face. Rejoice. I'm telling you guys, Jesus is coming, and he's coming soon. And, and, and we should be living in a way where we are expecting his coming at any moment. Now, when I was a child, my parents would occasionally go to ministry conferences, and my mom and dad would be gone for a few days, and I'd be stuck at the house with my older brothers. And, you know, that was, that was always a, a bit interesting. And, and, uh, and, and, and you know, I was, I was a little kid, and my oldest brother, would, he would always watch out for me. He was about 10 years older than me. And so, so when, you know, they would start leaving us alone when he was about 17, 18, 19. And, and you know, I'm, I'm this kid. I, I'm the youngest, and, and it, it was, it's tough. It's, it's, and if, you, if you're a youngest in the family, you know life is tough. Life is tough, especially when you have all these older brothers. And I was dealing with it the best I could, but I really looked forward to when mom and dad would come home. You see, I knew this based on the past. I had this anchor that was, this, thing, this, this rejoicing that was rooted in the past Mom and dad were going to come through that door and they were going to smile. They were going to pick me up. They were going to hold me and they were going to bring me a gift. They were going to bring me something. It was never anything huge, but it may have just been some candy or a little trinket or something like that. But I couldn't wait for mom and dad to get home, especially because I would be out from under the authority of my brothers. I mean, that was also an important thing there too. But that's actually a very clear picture of what it's going to be like when Jesus comes. You see, because when I was a child and I knew the time was getting close, I could see the signs that the time was close. What were the signs? Well, it was pretty clear. It was the calendar because they said, we're going to be back on such and such day. There were no cell phones. There was no way for me to get an alert that mom and dad was coming. So I'd, oh, I remember so clearly, I'd be watching out the window. I'd be watching out with the curtains open and I would make sure the dishes were done. I would make sure the living room was clean. I would make sure my bed was made because I didn't make my bed the whole time mom and dad were gone. But when mom and dad's coming, I'm going to get it made. And I always made sure I took a bath because I know mom and dad wanted me to be clean. I just knew that. And so I was all ready. And it's a, that's a very clear parallel to what we're supposed to be doing as well. Clean, prepared, expecting, anticipating, with that anticipation continuing to build, rooted in the past because you know God has already, always come through in the past, just like my parents have always come through in the past, knowing, rejoicing that there's a future coming, but I'm going to get myself ready. I'm going to get myself ready. The scriptures give us signs, and they make it very clear uh, that there will be several things that will be happening, signs that precede the return of Jesus Christ. And... As a student of prophecy, I'll let you know those signs are happening, have been happening, and there's hardly anything left that needs to happen before Jesus Christ returns. It's very close. 
It's close. Now is not the time to be messing around. Now is not the time to be living in both worlds. Now is not the time to be playing around with your faith. Now, and I don't, it doesn't matter how bad or difficult things are or even if you're unhappy, you can rejoice and get yourself ready, get yourself polished up and be found doing the work of the Lord. Just like I wanted my parents to catch me doing the right work when, I came home, when, when they came home, I wanted to, to be ready to go and, and I, I, I wanted them to see that I was doing the right things just as you want Jesus to see that you're doing the right things when he returns. Because at any moment, Jesus will return. I would love it if Jesus returns before we even have to show this video. Maybe we'll just put this on autoplay and let some people see it after we're gone. (laughs) I don't know. But I would love it if Jesus returns any day now, soon because the signs are there. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. This is very sobering. He says, when you see, when when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. That means he's coming. Look up when you see the signs. Look up. I was thinking about this in preparing this message. Who was like looking up? Who was actually really prepared for Jesus' first arrival? And the best I can tell, there were two people, Joseph and Mary, very clear. And there was also a group of people. We don't know how many, but they were called the Magi. Tradition, some people wrote in a song, there were three kings. There wasn't three of them. We don't know. We just know it was a group of people who were looking at signs. They were looking at the sky and they lifted their eyes up and they could see the signs. The interesting thing is these people weren't of the Jewish faith, but they saw the signs and they recognized it that it was in the Jewish scriptures. And they said, the king is arriving. The only people who knew and who were looking for Jesus to come were his parents and the Magi. The shepherds, they didn't know until it was actually done, until it had already happened. Think about that. The Magi knew he was coming because they were studying the Word of God. They were looking at the signs. They were truly wise men. They literally lifted up their eyes and they looked. And they said, the time is near. Let's get ourselves ready. So what they did is they prepared themselves. They prepared themselves for this journey. And they, they prepared gifts for the king. It's a beautiful story. That's recorded for us in the scriptures. My question is, are, are, are you willing to be like the Magi today? Or do you want to just be like the rest of the people? There were thousands upon tens of thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people all around who had no clue what was happening when Jesus first arrived. Why? It's because they didn't, weren't looking at the signs. They didn't know what to look for. And they were confused and they weren't in the word of God. That's the truth. That's the truth. Are you going to be ready? Are you looking at the signs? Are you going to be wise like the Magi? And just like the bells rang out on Christmas Day, there's going to be a trumpet that will sound to let us know that Jesus' second coming has arrived. 
And if you're ready, you'll hear that trumpet and you'll respond. And if you're not ready, it will be too late. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52 says this, in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, so there's no time to change your mind. There's no time to say, Jesus, forgive me, I'm sorry. No, there's no time for that. He says, in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. And that is why we rejoice. But the ones who rejoice are the ones who are ready. Are you ready to move into 2022 with a spirit of rejoicing, of continually being ready, regardless of what's happening around you, regardless of whether you're happy or not? Are you willing to choose to live in joy-filled expectation that Jesus is going to come again? Are you, are you wanting to be about the Father's business and be clean and be ready to go just like I was as a kid when mom and dad would come home? Are you going to be like the Magi or are you going to be like the rest of the world that just doesn't really pay attention? Because this time the consequences will be much, much, much more serious if you're not ready. You might say, well, I am ready. Good. But I have a strong feeling there are several people who are watching who are not ready and you're going to have the opportunity to receive Christ now. But secondly... If you have a family member, if you have friends who are not ready, now is your time to pray for them. Now, you can't pray them into eternity. They have to make the decision themselves. But your prayers and your witness to them, that is what is going to penetrate their soul, penetrate their heart, so that they will make the choice to be ready so they can live a life of rejoicing and looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ just like you. So if you've never received Christ, if you're not ready, now's the time to be ready. Do this. Pray this prayer with me. Just pray it. Pray it out loud. Whisper it. Pray it out loud. Whatever's going on, just stop what you're doing. This is the most important decision of your life. Pray these words with me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from my unrighteousness. I choose today to turn my life around to serve you I leave behind my old ways and I'm going to follow hard after you today I make the choice to no longer be ruled by happiness or sadness but to rejoice because I have a future I have an eternity with Jesus Christ, my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Next thing I want to do with you, I want, to pour, I want us to pray for those uh, who, who you know who are lost. In fact, I want to agree in prayer with you. In fact, there's a way to do that. And, uh, and those of us who are online right now, they're, they're going to post a little prayer request link. And when they, pr- they, they post that link, you can click on that link. You can go there. And I want you to list for me names of people, just simple names. It can be first names, first and last names, or maybe you don't even know, know their name. It could just be the, the lady who works at the front end of the building. I, I don't know. But you can just start listing those because I personally will see those and I want to agree in prayer with you for their salvation.
I want you to do that. You can do that even now, but let's pray over them right now. Let's pray for all those people. Lord, we pray for those who are far from you. We pray for those who are lost. And I pray, God, that you will, first of all, help us to be a good witness. Help us to shine the light of Jesus. Help us to learn to to show that we are rejoicing, whether we're sad or happy. It doesn't matter that we can live with rejoicing. And God, I pray that that your conviction will be so strong that they will feel the the need to, to give their lives to you. And God, give us the boldness to witness. Give us the boldness to invite them to church. Give us the boldness to do what is right on behalf of them. Because if they don't give their life to you, they will be lost for eternity. God, we don't want that blood to be on our hands. Lord, we want to be active in pursuing and encouraging and helping and praying for your kingdom to come. And for as many people as possible to be in your kingdom in Jesus' name. And I want, I want to pray a third prayer right now. I want to pray a prayer for those of you who have just been through a really tough Christmas. It wasn't what you expected. Or maybe it was worse than you expected. And that happiness was never even there. It was shallow. Maybe you even had to fake it to get through Christmas. But I want to pray for you right now that you will no longer be ruled by just happiness or sadness, but you're going to be ruled by joy. Will you receive this prayer right now? God, I pray for people who are hurting. I pray for people who are just feeling very discouraged, sad, upset. I pray for those who spent Christmas in a hospital or away from family and friends. I pray for for those who who are suffering and who are going through very difficult relationship or financial or occupational challenges right now. And I pray for the encouragement of the Lord to be upon everyone, that you will give each person that ability to have joy in the middle of the pain because that's what our faith does for us. And I thank you, God, that you are the God who gives us joy, fruit of the spirit of joy. Let it be released upon the body of Christ today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. In this final service of 2021, I want to say God bless you. And I strongly encourage you to be in the house of God beginning next Sunday. Don't let anything keep you away. Jesus is coming soon. You need to be found doing the Lord's work when he comes. Be here on January 2nd. In fact, next Sunday I'm going to be sharing a message which helps to get your your year off to a good start. And it's going to be about choosing that one word that's going to, to be your declaration of faith for the coming year. It's a fun thing that we do every year, but it's more than just fun. It has power and potency. And we're going to get our year started off right here at City Life Church. And I look forward to you joining me. Well, I hope you have a continued wonderful time over the next few days of holidays. And I want to speak these words of blessing over you now. God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Now make Jesus know. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.